0: Welcome to Camp Radio, a podcast production of T.N. Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Camp Radio, discussing trends and issues that will encourage ministries and churches in their efforts to impact people for Christ. To learn more about T.N. Baptist Camps, visit us at tnbaptistcamps.org. Now, today's Camp Radio. Thank you for
1: joining us on Camp Radio. My name is Kevin Peerage and I'll be your host. A church that needs to be revitalized, there are important steps in which they uh, must follow to be able to stay on target through this journey. Uh, we have with us Dr. David Evans. He is the pastor at Springfield Baptist Church in Springfield, Tennessee. David, thank you for joining us today.
2: Kevin, thank you so much for the invite, brother.
1: David, I've known you for a while. Uh, <laughs> yes, sir, and I'm sorry about that. <laughs> well... <laughs> And I guess the first time I met you was when you were working for the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Yes, sir. Yeah. And so you, my, and I always like to say this, and I know it bothers you, you already know what I'm going to say. And if you know David, (laughs) uh, or if you meet him, you need to bring this up to him. So my daughters, uh, when they first saw him and met him, he would wear these Clark Kent glasses. (laughs) And he kind of has this, you know, this, you can tell his voice, uh, this bolstering voice uh, like an evangelist. And so they thought of him as Superman. And so they would always call me Superman. I'd say, hey, David Evans comes. David Evans, who is that? Is that Superman? I'd say, yes, it's Superman.
2: That's <laughs> awesome. You know, I've been called a lot worse. And so like, to be called Superman, I'm like, dude, I like this place. This is <laughs> this is fun to come to right here. So I could be called a lot of other names. And uh, <laughs> That's true. That's,
1: true. that's, that's really awesome. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? I know that uh, you know you you've went from the convention and, and uh, to a, a, on staff as a pastor at a church, but l- just tell me a little bit about you.
2: Yeah, man. I, again, Kevin, thank you so much for uh, for inviting me and let me come on and um, just just allowing me a, another opportunity to encourage pastors and church leaders as it relates to revitalization. So. Um, obviously Jesus is the best thing, um, in and about, uh, my life. Um, and I love talking about Jesus, uh, no matter what system of theology that I have held or do I currently hold, I just, my number one thing, I just love sharing Jesus with people but outside of that, like my wife uh, Stephanie, we've been married for uh for quite some time now, and uh, just absolutely um we've been we've been together for twenty four years. let's just gonna say that twenty four years. Uh, she's a mental health therapist, she's currently working on her dissertation.
1: That's kind of convenient, right? It
2: it is. (laughs) I'm just kidding. So she asked me, you know, she asked me about it and she's like, you know, how, uh, you know, can you help me with my formatting? But her topic, Kevin, is so dark, like so deep and stuff. It's about suicide as it relates to um, uh, the efficacy of counselors and stuff like that. So. There's only so much of that that I can read before I'm like, girl, I got to have a quiet time. Yeah. Like I, I'm just but her her personality, she's very effervescent, right. very um joyful in life. So she like a rock skipping across a pond. She can kind of bebop around and on top of like some real difficult things and so she's wired, her personality is yeah. wired perfectly um, for being a mental health therapist. Yeah. Um, so we, uh, we, uh, yeah. And she definitely is a, is a right hand whenever I'm uh, struggling or having tough times and stuff, she just knows those right things to say. So, uh, she's been doing that. And so currently, uh, she's trying to knock out a, a dissertation. So that's taking a lot of her time. We've got two kids, man. Hmm. My only regret in life is having kids. No, I'm just kidding. Not having- <laughs> uh, my only regret is not having k- more kids and right. having them sooner. I absolutely love being a dad. Yeah. Like, um, it rivals sharing Jesus at times. Like I love sharing Jesus. I love my wife, but dude, I love, I love my kids. I love Amazing. being a dad and, uh, not that it's easy. Right. Uh, it's never always easy, but it's so much fun. And so Emma's in, um, uh, middle school mm-hmm. and, uh, she's like the 99 percentile of the nation when it comes to math, English, science, and just all those kind of things. Yeah. Um, she's actually now is doing a project for NASA where uh, wow. they'll send this project into outer space, and she gets to watch this experiment done in outer space. And so uh, she she's she's got a brain, <laughs> and uh, and so she and I talk um, most often every night about apologetics and mm-hmm. you know questions about the faith and uh, things of the sort. And I just I absolutely just love it. Sure. My son is in uh, elementary school. And granted, he's smart. He makes A's, but he don't care. Like he don't care about them <laughs> grades at all, man. If he can make you laugh, that's all he wants to do. Right. He, his heart is on his sleeve, yeah. and uh, he she's he, got a big, big heart, Kevin. And he's got so much joy about him. Uh, and right now, I can tell you at home, he's laughing right now. He just <laughs> loves laughing and having fun. Yeah. Um, and his personality is infectious. Mm-hmm. When he laughs everybody else laughs, right? Like you don't know what he's laughing about. And sometimes you may not want to cause he's a little boy, you yeah. know, like, <laughs> but he's infectious and he's just got that joy. So two different tone or timbers of, of, of personality of children. Mm-hmm. And I love them both greatly differently, but equally like just love, love my kids. We've got, um, we, we've got two dogs at the house, man, two yeah. chocolate labs that, uh, have taken up a lot of time. I think, Last year, the year before, you might have heard that I was diagnosed with a brain cyst. Yes. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a little scary. Yeah. You know, like, rut row, you know, this might be the end right now. And I, I had a few more plans, you know, yeah. and maybe maybe God didn't want those plans to happen. So, okay. Well, my, 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 my wife was pretty upset at the house most often. And I'm like, man, you know, this is, this is hard. Uh, you know, how do I bring joy to, to her? Uh-huh. And so uh at, at Christmas, two ago, I bought her these two puppies. And uh, those two puppies have definitely distracted her. Uh, if you know my wife, you know that's all she posts about now. That's yeah. all she talks about. Like, those two dogs, they don't know the lottery that they have hit. Right. Like, oh, my goodness. Um, so she still sleeps with them on the couch, and uh, I, don't, I don't get to see my wife. You know, she's, she's, she's with these dogs, and she loves it. Yeah. And, Kevin, I didn't know that, that this brain cyst – uh, was just going to go into kind of nothingness. I mean, I kind of thought I was gonna be dead by now, but now, now not I'm here. And, uh, now I got two dogs I got to deal with. Like (laughs) they're chewing on my car. They're chewing on the house. (laughs) Um, didn't know I was going to have to deal with all this. So, (laughs) (laughs) but they're, they're wonderful. They're good dogs, but, um, they, they're chocolate Labradors. Mm -hmm. They're about a year and a couple months old. They're hyper. Mm -hmm. Uh, they're insane. So we're, we're a dog family. We do have a cat. Um, she kind of stays to herself. I <laughs> uh, got some fish in the house, man. I catch fish. So I, one of my hobbies is trout fishing. So yeah. uh, I love that, but that, that's what I do, man. And that's, that's family for me. Once I got out of education, you know, uh, I went to Southern for some degrees and then I went to New Orleans seminary for some degrees. And, and I like that kind of seminary kind of dichotomy in my life because no one can really pinpoint me right. like what system of theology I am. Yeah. They're like, oh you went to both of them and, and made A's at both of them. Like <laughs> like what are you? I'm like, I I'm just call me a great commission Christian. Like right. I'm not not real big on labels. Like yeah. right like I just I want to fulfill Great Commission mm-hmm. and 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 do that in a world mm-hmm. that's lost and dying and and in Robertson County where where I'm from, every day there's one Robertson County in that dies without a relationship on, with Christ on wow. average. Wow. And so my current job now, Kevin, is to slow that ratio down. Hmm. Inevitably, we're growing leaps and bounds in Robertson County. And so that one may morph. It's actually like a 1.1 1. 1 kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it may grow to two sooner than I'd like it to. But like church planting, revitalization, servant evangelism, whatever I got to do beg cheat steal uh bleed cry sweat whatever i got to do yeah. to keep people out of hell that's that's what i'm called
1: to do so, well i know uh you know people wear things that uh is a hobby or things that uh they like, and it's very obvious. Your emphasis when I look at your shirt right now it says "Ask me my story." I know exactly what that is, and what a op- great opportunity to build share Christ when somebody asks you your story. Yes, and, and so that that says something. It says something about you, but also it says something about the uh, just the a uh, believer. Yes. Uh, they they should walk through this life with uh, people looking and, and noticing there's something different about them because yes. of Christ inside us. And we need to look for those opportunities to be able to share. Yes. Whatever it means. It means wearing a t-shirt. That's it. It means uh doing somebody's yard work. It, That's it. means sending a letter out to someone or give them groceries or whatever it takes to open a, up a, a door.
2: That's it. Create, create opportunities, man. We're seed sowers. That's what we're doing, man. I can't convert you. Uh, but I can sow seed in your life and gospel seed. Mm-hmm. And I get a choice what that seed looks like. It could be boring s- seed about sports, uh, something about theology, you know, which is not bad. But I could sow strictly gospel salvific seeds in people's life, too. And, and so I get a choice in that in my life. And so for me, I prefer just to throw as much gospel seed at folks right. as I can uh, and then let the Lord do some work. So, yeah, this T-shirt is our church's baptism T-shirt I want to make sure that when folks are baptized at our church, that they're forced to talk about their baptism when they leave. Right. You know, like that's not something we keep in between the doors, right? So like when they leave, they've got a prime opportunity to say, man, this is just what happened to me, man. Mm-hmm. So kids go to school with these things on and people are like, okay, well, tell me. You know, like, yeah. all right, all right, I'm biting on your shirt. What, what are we? And so they're like, oh, this is my baptism shirt. Let me kind of tell you my story yeah. and how I got there. And uh, we've had some folks You know, share share faith by just their T-shirt and, you know, whatever. It's a a method. There's so many other ways to do it. But, man, we're trying to take every single way and
1: and point it to the cross. Let's talk about revitalization. Come on. And uh, let's just talk about it in general right now. Do you feel that a lack of evangelism contributes to a church that needs to be revitalized? A hundred percent. 100%.
2: 100%. If a church is blowing and going and doing true gospel evangelism, not marketing and not just uh, counting nickels and noses, not just trying to fill the building up and attracting a crowd, uh, I'm not talking about attractional, you know, I'm not talking about something that's light, but true evangelism where people are (laughs) repenting and surrendering their life to King Jesus. uh, Absolutely. When there's an absence of that, everything else is an absence. Now you can connect like, well, they've got to be discipled and stuff. Well, evangelism, discipleship are hand in hand. Mm -hmm. That's a part of the discipleship process. Mm -hmm. And so when there's a lack of evangelism, yeah, a church will die. Should they die? You know? I think we need more churches. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I'm a proponent of church planning. I started one whenever I was 22, and hopefully I'll be a part of still helping other churches in the future because we need more and more churches. We got more and more people, but revitalized churches too. I've not given up on churches that can be. Right. Now, there are some churches, some folks, and, and let me let me pull the abstract away. I'm not talking about church. I'm just talking about groups of people. Right. There are some groups of people that gather that call themselves a church, but yet they don't want to be a church. Okay, cool. Let you go be something else. Don't call yourself a church. Why don't you just go do something else? But if there's a group of people that really want to be the church, then heck yeah, let's revitalize that. And evangelism is that necessary agreement. One one thing that I've noticed, Kevin, is long before we stop evangelizing, we stop repenting. My desire, whenever I repent, whenever I do repent, and repentance is not something that I I do at the moment of salvation, but it's something that is my lifestyle. I have to repent often. Why? Because I sin often. And whenever I repent, I'm reminded of my need for a Savior. Mm -hmm. When I forget about my need for a Savior, I forget about their need for, for a Savior. When I forget about repenting, I also forget about the nastiness that sin is and the difficulty that it has in, in my life and mm. others. And so when I stop repenting, I forget about that nastiness and that struggle that other people have. So long before I stop um, evangelizing, I stop repenting. Mm. And a church that's not repenting and evangelizing, come on, dude, yeah. are you really a church? Like, what is the point? Right. What is the point of church? Obviously, we want to gr- worship, we want to pray, we want to disciple. But disciple making in the Great Commission is about two things, disciple creation and disciple improvement. You cannot improve disciples that you've not created. But too many guys, too many folks, too many Christians, too many, too too much out there, says, "Listen, I'll take the fruit off of your tree, Kevin, and I'm going to teach them the right ways." That's not your fruit, you know. Kevin led somebody to Jesus. That's Kevin's fruit, all right. So some other tree's going to nestle up to you and teach you your fruit how to be Christ-like when they didn't even like. Man, that's a fruitless tree trying to talk about how to bear fruit. Seems something a little anti-biblical about that, right? right? And so evangelism, pointing them to Jesus, discipleship, helping them look more like Jesus mm-hmm. is key. When we lose one of those elements, um, and most often evangelism, a church will die. And I, I we need more churches. We don't need less.
1: Well, <laughs> and we could look around probably, and there are exceptions, but we could look around and look at churches that are, are, that are dying. And chances are, it is because they're not doing evangelism. You know, there's this uh, there's this uh, wave, and it, it may still exist. I, I'm kind of out of the loop with this, but secret church. Yeah. You know, it was very popular when I was yeah. in seminary. We always talked about secret churches. It was a, it was a church that just set there. It didn't do evangelism. It didn't do any kind of visitation, nothing. It just was there, available to whoever's looking and uh, looking for God. And I think, well, here we are. Well, and those churches never went anywhere. They disappeared.
2: Yeah. Inch, uh, you know, inch deep, you know, mile wide kind of thing. So like, you know, there are some uh, secret churches that that reached a lot of crowds. So our focus gets off. And, Mm -hmm. And I think even at times now, if seekers sensitive have moved off or if it's still a big thing, whatever it is, attractional is a huge thing still, whatever it is, when the mission drift has occurred, you know, our focus starts focusing on the wrong things. Mm -hmm. An old adage that you you may enjoy being a fisherman is that when the fishermen stop fishing, they throw rocks. Mm -hmm. And so when we stop looking outwardly, Mm -hmm. and this is the old thing that we've heard with church growth and evangelistic books along, if we stop looking outwardly, we start focusing inwardly. And it becomes a church just for its members, you know, mm-hmm. uh, where we're critiquing each other and we're theological police about one another and stuff like When we're not reaching out. So a church that refuses to be a church of the community, in the community, for the community ceases to be a church. Mm-hmm. It's a station, it's a hospital, you know, it's that place that God has called to be his bride to reach that community. Golly boy, our sin makes us selfish, really makes us selfish and really wants wants this church to accommodate me and give mm-hmm. me pleasure and give me entertainment and it ain't got nothing to do with me. You know, mm-hmm. I, I should have died off a long time ago, but churches struggle with that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and revitalization is so key to kind of help change people's perspective. Mm-hmm. I, I've learned through the year and something I'm ex- experiencing with, with all kind of different churches, there are three three ways to revitalize a church. And I'm sure uh, experts like Dr. Steve Holt of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board Mm -hmm. and others uh, can say this more eloquently than I can. But three principles that are key and help revitalize a church. One, set up bylaws, protocol, make sure the the rules and decision-making is very clear. Mm -hmm. Um, Because most often, if you've got a church that's just dying, it's full of chiefs and Mm -hmm. people that work in the shadows uh, that are making decisions without protocol, and they're just kind of running the church in the side, and nobody knows about it. And so you bring that to light, and you make sure that everything is done visibly, that there are proper ways in which to, to run the church. That, that's, a, that's a first one. A second one is a behavior modification, or the Bible says, personal repentance. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, uh, because it's not a church that needs revitalized again, it's people. Right. A, a church is people, <laughs> and so it's not some abstract organizational principle that needs to change when a church is dying. It's people that need to change. When you say, "Man, our church is in a bad spot," okay, it's not some organization. It's the families and the individuals of that church that are choosing wrong, doing wrong, acting wrong, hmm. causing it to to become what it, what's becoming dying. And so repentance of the sins that has caused that is key. The third is is what you'll hear in a lot of um, church growth books and evangelism just outgrow the problem. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, I remember Bobby Welch when he um, he's he's the guy that's responsible for getting me at the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Right. Like he talked me into it. Actually, he didn't even talk me into it. He just said, "Hey, I uh, want you to serve as our evangelism guy." I'm like, okay. He's like, "You're going to start on this date." I'm like, oh, well, how don't what? I didn't I didn't say yeah. He's like, uh yeah, all right, I'll see you then. I'm like, well, my g-. he just had a way about him, right? right? Like he just he just knew how to talk. And I remember when his last meeting with the staff, he he said this phrase and like it, love it, lump it, whatever it was, it it's rattling around in my head. He said, There ain't nothing soul winning don't solve. And I'm like, wow, well, I like that, right? Yeah. You start stirring baptism waters, you start seeing people come to Christ, you start seeing an influx of new families that are mm-hmm. excited about Christ. Mm-hmm. That changes a culture, a total culture, because otherwise, mm-hmm. you got you know the folks that have been upset, mad, mm-hmm. um, struggling, sitting in a room staring at one another, grumbling about each other for years and years and years and years, and that's right.
1: that's just got to change, man. That's not what church is about. Yeah. Well, now tell me a little bit about your church. Okay. I know that you're going through revitalization in your church. And tell me how that process has has gone about, and and tell me some victories. So, um, dude, I was happy.
2: You know, I was serving as the evangelism director there at uh, the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. I was traveling around, speaking, helping churches. Uh, dude, I was happy. Um, I think I did my job okay. You know, uh, I don't I don't think I was terrible. I wasn't perfect, and uh, I enjoyed the people I hung out with. I, I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. And then uh, in 2018, the Lord started stirring in my heart something and i knew it was a it was a familiar feeling it was a call to be a pastor again and i'm like oh oh man come on lord like this is what i want to do right and so instantly i I talked to my former mentor uh at the board he was my boss randy davis and i sat and talked to him and my eyes were just full of tears and i said hey i think the um, i think god's calling me back to pastor and uh and so he helped me through for about a year and a half mm-hmm. what that looked like and how that was. And uh, he committed to me not to share that with anybody, and I did so. And he he really guided me and helped me. And so when it came time, you know, I was interviewing and talking to some some different churches and stuff like that. And it ultimately came down to some locations that I, I'm like, hey, I, I tell my wife, like, this is a location. She's like, you know, I, I don't feel called there. If you want to leave us and go, you're on your own. I'm like, oh well, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I don't, that's not going to work, you know. Right. So, <laughs> and then what happened was um, Springfield Baptist Church. They didn't officially contact me, but there's a guy that was on their pastor search team that uh, just called me up and said, "Hey, would you ever consider?" And that's my hometown, man. Like hmm. I'm homegrown. Like my granddad was a fire chief. Yeah. My wife's maiden name is stretched across the middle school. Like my family, we've got cousins I know not of. So like when my kids get to be like dating age, like we're going to have to move because like we'll (laughs) reunite the family tree. You know, will the circle be unbroken? It's like, yeah, that's, that's about my family. Like, you know, they'll test my kids for blood, but not disease. It'll be for like DNA. Right. Um, (laughs) Like I, we, we gotta, we, we just know, we know, and I love, like I can't tell you how much I love Springfield, Tennessee, in Robertson County. Like I want to see my home hmm. come to Jesus. Like right. when you come through, I want to see it. So a little adage I got for the church is we're trying to make it hard to go to hell from Robertson County. Mm-hmm. You heard that when we when Steve Pearson helped me um, you know, shared that with me about Tennessee. So anyway, they asked me, they interviewed me and stuff, and. And so whenever I sat down with the interview, man, we had like eight, four hour sessions, dude. Mm-hmm. And like the first um, 30 minutes of each interview was primarily them asking me and my wife questions and me asking them. And then the, like the next three and a half hours of every single interview session was them sharing how difficult or the difficulties they had or how how bad it was. Mm-hmm. And so after a while, I uh, I pulled somebody outside and said, hey, uh, you know, they, they told me these difficulties and I was like, hey, do you you have a better sales pitch because I really <laughs> I really feel like I'm, I'm called to be here. I just want to feel better about yeah, this, yeah. you know, and they're like, man, we're just trying to be real. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I really appreciate that, man. Like, Oh my goodness. And so, and so I, I was praying a lot. I'm like, Lord, really? Yeah. Like, uh, okay. All right. And when, when you know the Lord calls and I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, the Lord has called me to Springfield Baptist church. You can't say no, Mm -hmm. no matter what people say, no matter how they act, no matter what's going on. And so they had called me there. And so I started August of 2019. My goodness, we had six months and then all of a sudden, Kevin, COVID hit. Oh yeah. We had a lot of plans, had a lot of ideas. And I kept sharing with everybody, you know, with with a revitalization, it's going to take at least three to five years to set culture. It's going to take some time to set some culture. It doesn't happen overnight. They're like, well, what are you going to do? And people are asking, well, what kind of program? And they start suggesting programs. And I'm like, well, I'm not really into programs because programs become very mechanistic, beastly-like issues that you burn families and people out with. I'm looking at processes and I'm looking at, honestly, healing families and seeing people come closer to Christ. And so even today, Kevin, being a part, we're not where we need to be right now, but we're heading somewhere there are things like our staff right now, everybody in that church and in that community will say, man, we've got the most congenial, Hmm. loving, active, hardworking staff. And this is the, um, I think they told me like it's been 18 years since they've had a complete staff stay this long. You know, there has just been so much rotation and stuff. So the Lord is doing something there the Lord is doing something in evangelism where I've got members of the church coming to me and saying, Hey, I shared Jesus or I did this. Mm -hmm. And so it's not just me. Like there are other people. So the Lord is starting to do some things. Does that mean that everybody's happy or everybody's revitalized? No, no, man. Like there's still sin. There's still sickness. There's still difficulties and there's still a lot that, that has to, that has to go on, but we're getting somewhere. If this church can be revitalized, and and I believe it can, I'm giving my life to this and blood, sweat, and tears, man, to to this church. A couple of things I didn't realize on the very front end, and I'll, I'll pause because I'm sure you got a question. or I may not even answer the question you asked. <laughs> You're fine. Um, Keep going. But like uh, the, the there are two things I didn't realize. Uh, one, whenever I was interviewed, I didn't realize how much I was going to love these people. It, it doesn't matter what they say to me, and there have been some very negative things there've been some very bad things they've said to each other
1: hmm.
2: like i'm i'm just <laughs> i'm just surprised by, by the words that people use and i'm like oh my gosh i can't believe you said this like <laughs> i can't believe you act this way or like wow and and yet even with that kevin i absolutely love these people if some of the most difficult people call me right now and say man we need you i'm there i just love these people the other thing that i i could not have predicted that i was hopeful for uh, was that some some folks are are developing a heart to share Jesus. Mm. I was hopeful for yeah. it, um, but I couldn't predict it or even predict it this soon. And so it's really cool to kind of be a pastor slash spectator at times to lead the flock, but to also spectate God just working radically in people's lives. Uh, and they're really gathering around the banter, the call, you know, the cry, to make it hard to go to hell from Robertson County, man. Yeah, that's like, awesome. like we we all want to see that. And uh, those that don't want to see that, complain about things that don't matter. And everybody's like, well, you know, you got a choice. You can keep being a fisherman that don't fish and throw rocks or you can grab your fishing pole and start fishing. Yeah. Because this this is what we're here to do now. It's going to be great. It's going to be so much fun.
1: Well, and, and I'm praying that uh, your church will be the lead in baptizing people in the whole state of Tennessee, and I believe God has a plan for that. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about uh, other things you do. Uh, You do some conferences there. Mm -hmm. You actually do a different location. You can kind of explain this a little bit more of apologetics. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about that. So one of my, one of my goals and hearts
2: whenever I came onto the mission board was to heighten evangelism. But I also realized one of the crippling elements of, uh, of those that don't do a, a evangelism is the lack of apologetics. What do I say when? And you and I know that most often, it doesn't matter what you say in those moments, it's how you say it, right. or it's who you are, that kind of thing. And so a lot of evangelism really relies on your preparation, how close you are to the Lord and, you know, you're just ready and he will give you the words in the moments kind of thing. But still, apologetics still has its place. Uh, a defense of the faith. So apologetics is, those people cut up and say, is that when I say sorry about, no, no, no. It's, it's really about defending the faith and knowing what you know. As uh, as I started coming up with ideas, one one thing that I didn't want to do was kind of reinvent kind of the conference cycle that I've seen many state conventions and denominations and other organizations do where we kind of go to uh, like a, a very safe church location. we hire somebody that's safe and you understand that come in uh, you've got a speaker from a stage, you feel like you've got it, you leave and then you sh- you should be all full of apologetics kind of thing And mm-hmm. so that's the general kind of church conference kind of setup and I didn't want to go that way one because I'm lazy. Uh, Let's just be honest. I'm lazy. I want to throw something out there that's creative that I don't have to work as hard on. That Mm -hmm. whenever you hear the idea, you're like, "Yeah, I need to be there." I I don't, I don't know what this is, but oh my goodness, if that's going to go down halfway to what you talked about, I'm going to show up. Uh, So I'm just kind of lazy there, Kevin. So, uh, (laughs) so what what have I done in the past? Well, the apologetics conferences in Tennessee. I have had at the Nashville Zoo, Knoxville Zoo, the Adventure Science Center, and I've chosen secular locations Mm -hmm. and venues. Uh, And we'll continue to do that because I want us to learn how to defend the gospel in a secular world while being in a secular environment. Mm -hmm. The worst thing that could happen is during that event, uh, somebody could share Jesus with somebody that's not a Christian. And and, and, oh my goodness, they could give their life to Jesus. Like, wow, imagine (laughs) that, that would be fantastic. Um, But also being in a secular environment, being somewhere that's not necessarily a Bible-safe spot. And and we talk about that. There's a little bit of boldness that goes in that. But hopefully, you know, it will inspire boldness amongst like, dude, we're in this secular place. And we're talking Christian things. I can do this whenever I get home at the Walmart or Kroger or wherever I do, you know, life at. In the past, we went to the zoo. In the zoo, we have set up a bible augmented reality tour, and what does that mean that That means that we have a conference in a um in like uh, their amphitheater, and then we release you to the zoo and you get resources and stuff like that. But we release you to the zoo and in the zoo uh if you take your phone with you uh and you and you pull it up on like an, an exhibit like an ostrich exhibit or something like that, a video will pop up in the ostrich exhibit explaining the intelligent design of the ostrich. Now, the first time we did that at the Nashville Zoo, there were some of our uh, attendees that were doing that through the zoo, and people that just attended the zoo and did not attend our conference were like, what are you doing? Instant hmm. opportunity to share the gospel, and that couple did, and led somebody to Jesus. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and so that was cool. Yeah. Um, so there are those kind of elements. The Adventure Science Center, uh, I've done it there, and there's some other planetariums that that I could do it as well, just... It's just a uh, created cosmos kind of presentation, uh-huh. and we have a, um, a scientist that comes in that talks about God that has created all things and stuff like that. So we go to these secular venues, one, to encourage boldness, to be able to share faith, but also to kind of be in the environment for which we need to defend our faith. My heart is, Kevin, we need to know what we know. We don't need to be blind to, to the things that we proclaim. Mm-hmm. We need to be able to explain the things that we proclaim. And if you exclaim, proclaim something and you can't explain it,
1: shame on you. You yeah. know,
2: you need to learn what it is that you believe and should be able to articulate that to someone that, that talks or mm-hmm. ask about it.
1: So if, uh, say, someone's listening to this right now, a pastor wants to attend one of these, is there a place that they can find where a list of uh, dates or do you have them up for this year or, or where would they find <laughs> that?
2: Well, I, I wish we did, Kevin, mm-hmm. uh, due to me... Um, um, stepping away from the convention. I didn't think I'd be doing these anymore. And uh, and then with COVID, we've taken a big pause, right? right. Yeah. And so uh, we're trying to set one up for maybe this fall or even next year. And then once information gets out, we'll advertise that. But anybody that would have a question, most often people will just call our church uh, and you can call me at Springfield Baptist Church or email me there, that kind of thing. And just go to springfield-baptist.com. You'll find out all the information there about how to contact me or or something like that. You can contact me and I'll give you the most up-to-date information. But right now we're kind of in some preliminary Mm -hmm. kind of, um, hey, what's the next one look like? Do we go back to the zoo? Do we go back to um, the Adventure Science Center? What, What do we do? I've got a few other ideas that I've not shared with anybody. And just like going to the Adventure Science Center or the zoo, if I shared it right now, you're like, you're out of your mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I kind of am, man. I'm going to do whatever it takes yeah. to to teach people about Jesus and lead them to Jesus. So, yeah. um, and, uh, I, I think some of the newer ideas I've got are, are going to be pretty exciting.
1: And probably, uh, since the commission will be working with you, they'll advertise that as well. Yes, sir. Through Tennessee Baptist yes, Mission Board. So that'd be great. Well, David, uh, I really appreciate you taking a few minutes uh, to uh, just uh, just talk about what's going on and,
0: and, uh, and it's
1: really kind of exciting to see where God has led you and the uh, just the opportunities He's allowed you to be a part of. And I, And also, and I'll just throw this in there. I appreciate you being here with us at Carson Springs being our camp pastor for our Disciple Now weekend. So it's been awesome. You've done a great job with these students. <laughs> well, brother, thank
2: you so much for the invite. And if you're listening to this podcast and you have not visited Carson Springs, shame on you. Shame on you. Like just stepping out here, it's it's like bitter cold right now, but like stepping outside alone, you just, every stress I got, like it just kind of washed away. So if you're looking for a retreat If uh, you got kids going to a conference or a camp here or something, take some time out of your schedule and show up to this location. If you just step foot on this camp, You'll know. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And Kevin, let me let me throw this out as well. My dissertation, and I'm gonna end with this. I won't keep my mouth <laughs> shut. My dissertation showed, you know, experiences that children and teenagers have that cause greater church attendance in young adult years. One of those experiences mm-hmm. are going to camp. Yeah. So the more times that your kid or teenager goes to camp it will multiply astronomically the percentage of them being in church as a young adult, right? So if they go once, that's fine. If they go twice, that's better three or four times. So even if you're like, man, we didn't like that speaker or that band or whatever, just the fact that you're keeping your kid in a church camp at a church site, that kind of thing multiplies the percentage and probability of them being in church in their young adult years. So if you've never been to Carson Springs don't rob yourself of a joy this side of heaven for crying out loud! Get on it. That's all I'm going to say. Just
1: get on it. Well, thank you for the plug. And and, and <laughs> hey, that's another podcast. We need to do that, don't it we? It is. Come on, man. We yeah. need we need to talk about your uh, your doctor uh, paper there. About <laughs> yeah. that. that'd be awesome. But, but thank you for joining us uh, and spending some time with us. Uh, for those who are listening to our podcast right now, uh, and if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, uh, please leave a comment or just follow us to help others to really listen to this great resource. We would love to hear from you. So if you've got a question for David or what we do at TM Baptist Camps, please send us an email at ccinfo at tmbaptist.org. Until next time, I hope that you look for opportunities to start a conversation about Christ with someone you know.
0: Thanks for listening to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. This and other episodes can be downloaded from tnbaptistcamps.org. The ministries of Carson Springs and Linden Valley are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more information, visit tnbaptistcamps.org.